Hello and welcome back to That's What I Call Jones History. I'm your host, Christina. We are on another journey into history this week. We are going to be discussing the Cameroons, Cameroons and the Bantu peoples. I did cover this a little briefly on the Jones Chronicles, but I wanted to do a more comprehensive, thorough podcast directed uh, just towards this topic. So I found a few interesting articles that we are going to educate ourselves about. Until September 2021, Ancestry DNA listed the Cameroon, Congo, and Southern Bantu peoples as just one region. Those receiving this region in their ethnicity estimates may or may not have been expecting the result. Millions of people of African descent from North and South America, for instance, would not be surprised, although others may well be. Bantu peoples. The Bantu peoples are the key to the DNA found in these two regions. And although archaeology is difficult in the region, we do know that something about their we do know something about their origins. It is thought that the original Bantu language, which influences most of the spoken languages found today in these regions, is around 300 to 400,000 years old. It is believed that this language originated in what is today Cameroon, spreading across Central, Eastern, and Southern Africa in the so-called Bantu expansion. Thought for many years to be a migration, historians today believe it was more of a rapid cultural spread. It took around 2,000 years for the Bantu language and culture to spread throughout these two regions. It is uncertain if the Bantu peoples assimilated with other indigenous peoples as they spread or if they forced the already existing populations out of the regions and took over. It wasn't until the 9th through the 15th centuries that distinct Bantu speaking states started to form in uh, started to form in the region. The term Bantu itself was first used to describe the peoples of this region in the 1920s. It was favored over the term native. The word itself has has its roots in the Bantu languages and in its present form, it was first introduced in the late 1850s. Its essential meaning is people. Historically, it is believed that 12.5 million Africans were taken from Africa to the New World, which is an astounding amount of people, of which 10.7 million actually survived the journey. With, With many of these Africans coming from the western coast of the continent, they likely came from Bantu countries. So I did my Ancestry.com test and this is DNA I possess, um, 44% Nigerian, 25% Cameroon, Congo, and Western Bantu peoples with 11% Mali. And I don't know what's going on with this 5% Scottish, but it explains a lot. Oh 
yes, daddy. Interestingly, uh, when I was in the UK in London, a lot of people would ask where from Africa I was from. Say so, what? I'm like the African part of Cleveland, Ohio. I don't. <laughs> But when you are used to seeing black people that look just like you, you don't differentiate that there are certain cultural looks to one that that are different in whatever region of Africa you may be descended from. So it's a interesting bit to those that have that particular ancestry. These, uh, these millions of Africans were sold into slavery and their descendants live on in North and South America to this day. With them, they brought the DNA from those ancestral regions. There exist thousands of people who may not even know they have any African heritage. This is why it, it, for Christmas this year, I'm giving people just Ancestry.com kits. Like, find out who you are. The peoples of the Cameroon, Congo, and Western Bantu and Southern Bantu regions are descended from the earliest Homo sapiens hundreds of thousands of years ago. They are part of a culture that originated out of the Cameroon region and spread throughout much of the African continent. Cameroon has more than 240 tribes, which are found in three main ethnic groups. The most notable tribes are the Bantus of Beti, Basa, Bakandu, Maka, Bula, and the Pygmies. Is it Pygmies or Pygmies? One or the other. French and English are the official languages, which are spoken by 70% and 30% of the population, respectively. Spanish and German are equally spoken by a few city dwellers. The approximately 250 local languages include Iwando, and Bulu, Duala, and Bamalike languages, and Fulfeld. Oh, I don't know about this one. Fulfeld. Among the less educated, the West Coast dialect of Pigeon English functions as a lingua franca in the English speaking area in many neighborhoods in Duala or Duala. It's one or the other. It's probably Duala. I like that better. Both French and English are taught in school, but only those with a secondary education are fluent in both. Most people speak at least one local language and one official language, and many people are multilingual. Uh, the Francophone Cameroons. Wait, let me try that again. The Francophone Cameroonians outnumber anglophone cameroonians by about four to one in the french-speaking area the largely muslim north is culturally distinct from the largely christian and animist south the northern area includes three provinces adamua north and extreme north i guess extreme north is extreme all right so y'all just seen that corny ass shit since the jihad led by an islamic cleric in 1804 the northern region has been culturally dominated by the fulani urban fulani are renowned 
are renowned as clerics in the Sunni branch of Islam. Most Fulani are cattle herders. An important subgroup are the Bororoan, noted for the size of their cattle herds. With their Hausa uh, colleagues, they engage in long-distance trade involving cattle. Most important Bantu linguistic groups, 300 million people, are Swahili. The Bantu language with the highest total number of speakers is also Swahili. The population in 1987 was 10,490,655 it was estimated to be nearly 14 million in 1997 in 1987 46% of the population was under 15 years old that's some lord of the flies type shit the population is growing at an average annual rate of almost 3% with declining mortality and high fertility 38% of the population lives in urban centers I'm still processing the 40% of the population was under 15 years old. Oh my gosh. You know how much has to be forced into the the workforce? Just due to the discrepancy? I mean, there is no such thing as a childhood here, right? It's only going to be what? Until the age of, and we know that men are just known to be more prolific sexually once those hormones kick in could be as early as 10 to 12 years old jeez which would explain the high fertility i think i was listening to some other podcast and they were talking about um japan how they curb their their um population control but how a lot of the population are younger and that really just has me thinking so hard about how some countries are kept a little intellectually neutered and controlled i mean uh, uh, such a huge part of that population uh let's continue on there are no reliable population figures for the major cultural groups the bamalike account for approximately 25 percent of the total population and northerners including the Fulani, approximately 20 percent these two groups also have the highest fertility rates much of daily life occurs in public areas such as the courtyards of polygamous polygamous compounds i am so high privacy is often suspect especially among the peoples with a strong belief in malevolent and occult powers the sharing of cooked food is one of the major ways to cement social relationships and express the high value placed on human company sharing food and drink demonstrates hospitality and trust social support networks among kin and friends particularly between country folk and their urban relatives are held together symbolically with gifts of cooked and uncooked food sacks of beans maize or peanuts quote from home can be seen on the roofs of bush taxis traveling between the countryside and urban centers 
Meals consist of a cooked cereal or root staple accompanied by a sauce or stew. In the southern areas, the major staples are root crops such as cassava and cocoa yams and plantains. In the moist savanna and grass fields, maize and plantains. And in the arid north, sorghum and millet. Rice and pasta have become popular. Staples may be boiled, pounded, or fried. Most commonly, they are made into thick porridge shaped into oblong balls. Sauces usually have a base of palm oil and ground peanuts. Vegetables such as greens, okra, and squashes are common. Hot peppers, onions, ginger, and tomatoes are popular condiments. Dried or fresh fish or meat may be included in the sauce. Uncooked fruits such as bananas, mangoes, papayas, oranges, and avocados are popular snacks and desserts. They are not considered part of meals. Can we just talk about how wealthy the this region feels in a variety of food? I was thinking about in the walking dead how sorghum was like oh the thing and you just think about a place where they have an abundance of it this orgy of food very much like what the earliest humans would have been privy to before you know in the hunter gatherer days right but now it seems even with that with the excess of just young able bodied like the fertility there has to be a correlation with all of this right in many regions men and guests eat before women and children hand washing is part of the etiquette of meals whether from a separate dish or a common pot a small ball of porridge is formed by three fingers of the right hand and then dipped in sauce westernization westernization i I love how us black people tend to just roll through whole sentences or words (laughs) it's not even intentional it's just how we talk We, we know what we're meaning It has led families to eat together around a common table using separate place settings and cutlery. Cutlery. I mean, let's not not fool ourselves. Our current... (laughs) Our current state of mind right now also is, is also responsible for my mispronunciation. Food taboos vary by ethnic group. The Basa of the Litoro province serve a gourmet dish of viper steaks in black sauce, but only the oldest males among the Awando Beti of the center province may eat viper. Why would you want to? Because that sounds disgusting. Totems of specific clans, healers, or royal dynasties are taboo to certain members of some ethnic groups at the visit of an honored guest a wedding or a funeral a chicken goat sheep or steer is served to guests special drinks such as palm wine and millet beer are 
uh, as well as bottled carbonated drinks beer and wine are served at these uh, occasions among the bamalike as part of coronation festivities the newly installed paramount chief ceremoniously serves each subject a handful of beans mixed with palm oil to symbolize the chief's ability to ensure food and fertility in his realm the country is basically self-sufficient in food although the distribution of food is variable seasonal famines occur in the arid north cultural tourism draws its wealth from the diversity of the cameroonian way of life handicraft folklore religion housing cuisine and the country's very rich historical heritage the major cities of douala and yaoundi thanks to their international standing infrastructure uh, which include the conference center international airports and the international class hotels are the main drivers of congress and the business tourism of development wood coffee cocoa cotton and palm oil are the principal exports the trading partners are france nigeria the united states and germany principal imports include consumption goods semi-finished goods minerals industrial and transportation equipment and food beverages and tobacco the division of labor is determined largely by formal education for civil servants and gender there is some specialization by ethnic groups such as herding by fulani the butchering and meat trade by hausa and transportation by bamaliki uh bimaliki bamalike you ladies and gentlemen that very auspiciously sounds <laughs> Uh, what did they call it back in England? A guild. There's guilds, which means that's also doing a it's 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 a racket. It's a mafia. There is a high degree of social inequality. Not surprised there. Among the Fulani grassfielders, Bamalike and Bamun, the traditional social organization included hier- hierarchical relations between members of groups with different status royalty nobility commoners and slaves other ethnic groups have a more egalitarian social organization in which age and gender are the more major factors in social stratification new forms of social inequality based on access to political power and level of formal education coexist with indigenous forms of stratification although a cosmopolitan lifestyle has developed among the wealthy and the into gen i ain't never seen that word in my life into genstilia what the hell is that i feel like that's just like a term they made up like the intelligent gentle society and they just put it all into one word intelligentsia markers of cultural distinctiveness and obligation to canon ethnic compatriots remain regional differences in wealth also exist the far northern and eastern areas have less access to wealth and infrastructure 
housing styles differ by class in both urban and rural areas the wealthiest place or wealthiest people have concrete houses painted in bright colors and surrounded by high walls those houses have flower gardens and interior furnishings furnishings such as upholstered furniture and armories the poorest people live in mud houses with thatched or corrugated iron roofs sparsely furnished with beds and stools made of local materials quite the dichotomy of society all the way to mud huts in 2022 styles of dress also vary by class the wealthiest can afford italian leather shoes to accompany the latest european and african wardrobes while poorer people wear cloth wrappers and secondhand european style clothing yeah you could definitely tell like you rocking that jersey from 15 super bowls ago but it also shows that despite the wealth of the continent for the poor not much changes the wealthiest tend to speak french or english even at home while the poorest speak local languages and pigeon english Uh, in most areas women are responsible for feeding their families they grow staple food crops while men clear the land and provide meat oil and salt men grow cash crops among the pastoral populations men herd the livestock and women process dairy products in general men have higher social status than women they have more rights with regard to marriage divorce and land tenure within most local systems of social organization and more access to government bureaucracy and the courts however women may have informal power within households enforced through their control of subsistence activities and the role as conduits to female ancestors many women are prominent in higher education and government ministries among many ethnic groups first marriages historically were arranged with varying degrees of veto power by the potential bride and groom but individual choice dressing companionship is becoming more common most southern groups prefer exo exogamous marriage while the Fulani tend to be endogamous i don't know what neither of those mean so you know what time it is an exogamous marriage is one in which you marry outside of your specific group especially as required by customer law and an endogamous marriage is marriage as one may suspect within the specific group as required by customer law so the rebels got it good let's move on uh, while the Fulani tend to be endogamous, polygamy is a goal within many groups, but it is not always financially attainable. What is polygamy? Polygamy. Oh man, not again. Okay, I'm used to saying polygamy, so that's why I was very confused. It is a one male, multiple female groups. Uh, so one male, multiple females, and it is also known as polygamy but i suppose polygamy is more than one wife or husband got it huh 
I now know the difference between two words, one of which I didn't even know existed until this very moment. <laughs> women uh, actually prefer some women small scale polygamy polygamy for the company and a mutual aid a co-wife might provide domestic organization varies widely throughout cameroon royal polyg they really just want me to say this word royal polygonous compounds are composed of a male head and a household surrounded by his wives and their children if i had just read ahead wives and children usually sleep in separate dwellings within the compound in both urban and rural areas child rearing by a close relative a kind of foster arrangement is common childbearing is highly valued and infants are given a great deal of daily and ritual attention generally infants are kept close to the mother and breastfed on demand once they can hold the head upright they are carried by siblings wait let's back it up breastfed on demand that's quite a uh, that's quite <laughs> i know over here they're like yeah let them cry a little bit before you feed them i i never really i did not subscribe i'm like he's when you're hungry do you just wait just to be like oh let me get you some discipline no just fucking feed them i remember the the shit that your the old school parents be telling you be like what the fuck it's why why what are we teaching him at this moment infants generally sleep with their mothers we don't practice that at all because you don't want to roll over on your baby (laughs) and smother them that's what they teach us here that's what they teach us but we see that a lot of african children are just fine the arrival of a baby is the occasion for visits during which the newborn is cuddled bounced and bathed and spoken to beliefs and practices concerning child rearing vary by ethnic group commonalities include the importance of learning by example and through play and imitation of the tasks of adults children are taught to observe astutely but remain reserved and prudent in what they report remembering one's ancestors elders and origins is an increasing concern of parents whose children spend long hours in public schools and often leave their homelands to find work in urban centers and on industrial plantations for a country that kind of wonders how we treat our children um we see that this country it's uh it's considered it's a part of their beliefs the value in which they raise their children the love they surround them with and prepare them for adulthood that's a beautiful thing moving to religion for muslims a pilgrim to pilgrimage to mecca is a source of honor some cultures including the bamalike in the west in the maka in the east practice divination and or perform public autopsies to determine the cause of death these peoples are particularly concerned with death caused by witchcraft in many cultures the death is announced through public wailing by women grass fields peoples bury their dead quickly but observe a week of public mourning called cry die that sounds intense close relatives shave their heads approximately a year later lavish death celebrations honor the deceased 
who has become an ancestor that sounds pretty cool except for the shaving head part death provides the occasion for the most important ceremonies of the forest forager groups baka kola and medzan the forest spirit is believed to participate in death ceremonies by dancing under a raffia mask the honoring and veneration of ancestors are common to nearly all groups ancestors may be remembered in oral literature the falani buried in elaborate tombs in the family courtyard the catholic owando or reburied and provided offerings of prayer food and shelter like with the bameliki bameleke i'm gonna get it bameleke the fulani like other muslims believe in an afterlife of material rewards for those who obey allah's laws there have been several bantu kingdoms over the centuries 14th and 15th centuries we know of the mano matapa kings or great zimbabwe in the 16th century in central africa the kingdoms of or kingdom of congo lunda empire and the luba empire in angolia the republic of congo and the democratic republic of congo in east africa buganda and karajui probably screwed that up kingdoms which are now uganda and tanzania respectively in southern africa you have the matapa empire which was mentioned razwi empire and the kingdoms of danamambe kami and nalatel which is also now zimbabwe and mozambique it was the bantu people who founded the coastal settlements of east africa what would become with the addition of muslim traders from arabia and persia from the 7th century ce the swahili coast from southern west africa the west bantu and the great rift valley of east africa the east bantu two streams of bantu peoples then moved further south in a second wave of migration which occurred during the first millennium bce a third wave of migration in the first half of the first millennium millennium ce then took place as the east bantu peoples moved even further south into what is today zimbabwe botswana mozambique and eastern southern africa the bantu shared their knowledge of iron smelting pottery making and their farming skills with indigenous forager and nomadic tribes they met many of whom eventually then settled in the stable village communities bantu dialects aspects and aspects of bantu culture were adopted although the migrants it is important to note also learned from the indigenous peoples especially in areas like the civilizations of some grain crops or fishing techniques which have been perfected over the centuries to get the best from specific local environmental conditions in addition many cultural practices the use of stone and obsidian tools to give but one example often continue to be used in parallel with the bantu people's superior technologies the principal consequences of the bantu migration then may be as surmised 
the spread of the Bantu and Bantu related languages, the spread of iron smelting and smithing technology, the spread of pottery techniques, the spread of agricultural tools and techniques, deforestation as charcoal was needed to smelt iron and metal tools made forest clearing easier, the spread of certain foods into new areas such as plantation or plantain bananas and yams, an increase in people living in villages which in turn created more distinct regional societies, kingships formed and there were further developments in technology, and lastly the retreat of some indigenous peoples to more remote areas. As the peoples the Bantu came across were still in the Stone Age in terms of weapons and technology, the iron weapon migrants with their specialized warrior castes had little trouble imposing themselves wherever they went. Their superior technology also encouraged local peoples to accept Bantu leadership. Some groups did resist this wave of Bantu culture, such as the Pygmies, or Pygmies who retreated to the depths of the Central Africa rainforest, or the groups of savanna hunter-gatherers, the San, who likewise retreated to the inhospitable and less accessible environment of the Kalahara Desert. That is going to conclude our history of Cameroons and Bantu peoples. I hope you found it as interesting as I did. Sources will be below. Our next topic I will go ahead and put out as a poll on social media. So we're going to, uh, I'll have you choose between would you like, uh, more European black history? Do you want to stay uh, on the African African continent? Uh, the other topic I had brought up that I still uh, still want to explore is the French Black Creole time, or would you like to simply hear uh, a different topic? Definitely leave it uh, up in the air definitely check out my social media twitter in particular for that poll which can be linked below if you want to send any type of feedback blackercouch at gmail.com uh or if you want to write anything for the show you can also send that in remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic